of it. I bring greetings to all of you who have gathered today in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I am Reverend Dr. Lydia Waters, Senior Pastor of Pacoima First United Methodist Church in Pacoima, California. Oh my goodness, we are so happy that you're here. Ask that you join us in worship. Remember now, this is the beginning of Holy Week. And we are going to follow the Lord through this week. Uh, do you have your Bibles in front of you? Is there a smile on your face? So let's begin with a song of praise to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The words will appear and let us join with our Minister of Music, Sister Hope Carr, accompanied by her husband, Brother Darnell Carr. And we're going to sing praises to the Lord, our God. Because when praises go up, blessings come down. reading for today is found in the New Testament Gospel of Mark. Mark chapters 15, chapter 15 of verses 33 through 34. Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 34. And listen now, listen for the word of the Lord. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatena, which means, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now will you pray with and for me. Almighty God, on this beginning of Holy Week, in this time when we will be with you through all the activities that you will be a part of this week. I ask, Lord, that you would enlighten my spirit, my heart, and my soul. And, oh, Lord, please allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray it. Everybody, please say with me, amen. Our sermon topic is forsaken. Beloved, there are times in our lives when we find ourselves in desperate need of help. And, and of course, it's one thing to find yourself in desperate need of help. And there are those around you who are willing and able to come to your rescue. Oh, but it's a whole different story when we find ourselves in desperate need. And, and those who are closest to us refuse to come. To our rescue, oh, some of us, some of us have experiences of abandonment. You find yourself forsaken by those who are supposed to love you. Have you ever had an accident or an emergency and you called your house and got the answering machine over and over? Have you ever found yourself out of money and you couldn't think of anyone you could ask for help? Oh, well, those are times of feeling forsaken. And all alone. Now listen, it's different when you're doing well and you plan some a long time. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We're not going to be talking about alone time. Alone time is necessary for our spiritual growth. But today, today, we're going to go to a place with Jesus called forsake. Oh, yes, beloved, on this Passion Palm Sunday, we're here to investigate a particular and profound situation, a situation that we want to know about because of our love for Jesus the Christ. And so during this week called Holy Week, Jesus will be experiencing some horrific events. And, and we need to assure ourselves that we will take the time to walk and talk with Jesus this week as we give him honor and glory for the suffering he experienced on our behalf. Yes, oh, this is a special week, special week for Christians in particular to remember what the Lord did and what the Lord continues to do for each one of us. When Jesus goes through this week, this week, he did it for you, and he did it for me. Thank you, Jesus. And so our scripture lesson found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verses 33 through 34. They tell us of a time, a time when Jesus was dying on the cross for our sins. Oh, yeah. Good Friday. <laughs> and among the many things that happened... We want to laser in on one thing. Something happened. Something happened. There was a situation. And I want to talk about it today. 
It's the situation of Jesus being forsaken, left alone, not responded to for a period of time while he was nailed and suffering to the cross. And in this instant, Jesus cried out for help. Not just to anybody standing around, but Jesus cried out for help to his father, almighty God. It was his fourth word from the cross, and we hear him cry out to God, My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> now, we know it's one thing to call on people, oh my God, but it's altogether another thing to call upon God. And Jesus was so assured of his relationship with his Father because he said, My God, my God. Oh, what a difference it would make if we could have that kind of relationship with God that we have with people and with things. Oh, we proudly talk about my children, my sister, my brother, my father, my mother, my husband, my car, my house, my boyfriend, my boss, my money, hallelujah, my job, my church, my clothes. We are a my-talking people. Nothing wrong with it. It's just according to where we put the mind. <laughs> it's a sign of our need to be in relationship with somebody or something. It's a sign. Many times of our ego obsession. Listen, because when we say my, we mean that you better not bother whatever comes after the my. When we say my, we mean a closeness that goes beyond the usual. Oh, when we say my, we express a relationship and an ownership. Beloved, beloved, when I say it's mine, when I say it's my, you better watch what you say about it. Talk about your children, but you don't talk about my children. Huh? You better watch your step when you're around my, my. Oh, but listen. This Jesus, the Son of God, who is hanging from a wooden cross, hanging by the nails in his hands and his feet, being beaten beyond recognition, bleeding from every part of his body in unspeakable pain, dying a most horrible death. Jesus, Jesus cries out to his God, his Father. Jesus had been for all eternity the main object of God's love, and he knew it. And that's why he could say, my God. Jesus was God's daily delight. God's presence had been his home, God's bosom, his dwelling place, God's glory. He had shared before even the world was. And so during the 33 years Jesus had been on earth, he had enjoyed unbroken communication with God the Father. Oh yeah, Jesus. Jesus had a thought that, that was out of harmony. He didn't have a thought that was out of harmony with the thoughts of God. He never had a desire to be out of God's will. Never a moment spent out of God's conscience presence. So what then must it have meant to cry out, my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm, can you imagine, my beloved? 
Forsaken. Forsaken. Forsaken is a hard word for us to even think about. It means to, it means to separate connection with the someone you love the most. And while there were people who loved Jesus and who Jesus loved standing at the foot of the cross where we're going to be this week, it, it, it was not them. It wasn't the people Jesus called out to. His mother Mary was there, but he didn't call on her. His best friend John was there, but he didn't call on him. His disciple Mary Magdalene was there, but he didn't call out her name. Oh, my Lord. Oh, oh yes, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I, I like you, I have learned that people are wonderful. People are good to have around. People are a pleasure to know. But the love of people in our lives always makes a big difference. But, however, hear me today. My beloved, there are some things that come along in life that people just cannot help us with. There are some sicknesses the doctor can't cure. Did you know that? There are some problems that the bank loan can't pay. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't you know it? There are some situations the police can't fix. Then there are some cases that the lawyer, the lawyer can't solve. So, so I have learned to call upon the one who is able to do all things well. The one who has never failed at anything. The one who has all power in his hands. The one who knows all about me. And still loves me. I've learned to call his name. Know, know, know that you know that above everything else you know. Let God be the my in our lives. So glory to God. And so Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, when Jesus spoke these words, it was because he was having the experience there on the cross of being Forsaken by God. Jesus felt that the intimacy, the fellowship between he and God were broken. There's a, there was a loss of contact. Jesus in his suffering could no longer hear God's voice or feel God's presence. It was, it, it was as if being crucified was not enough. Then God had to go further than that and withdraw, withdraw his presence from his only begotten son. And when God withdrew his presence from Jesus, Jesus sensed it, he sensed it. And he cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why, 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 why have you forsaken me? Child of God, the question that confronts us on this past Palm Sunday is why? Yeah, why, why did God the Father withdraw his presence from Jesus? Why, why did God the Father, after all of this time, forsake Jesus, his only begotten son, upon an old rugged cross? 
Well, child of God, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. First, first, Jesus was forsaken because there on the cross, there on the cross, our sin, our sin, our sin came between him and Almighty God. It was not Jesus' sin that came between him and God because Jesus knew no sin. But it was our sin, my sin, and your sin. Our sin came between Jesus and God. The Bible says that for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It is as if while Jesus was hanging there on the cross that someone walked up with a bucket full of sin and just threw it on Jesus. And the sight of Jesus covered with our sin was so repugnant and so offensive to God who is holy. Meaning God is without sin. Meaning that that God turned away from Jesus and it was at that moment that Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And again, the answer is because God just could not stand the sight of sin, marring and disfiguring his only begotten son. It was just too painful and repulsive a sight for an all-holy God. Don't ever forget this. God is holy. Meaning that sin cannot touch God. God is holy. Untouched by sin. And you know what, beloved? Sometimes we too, although we are not all holy as our God is, we turn our face and remove ourselves from those we love who are covered with sin. Yeah. You know why? Because it's just hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Who can stand to watch your child shackled and changed and dressed in an orange suit, taken away to prison? And you not want to cover your eyes and weep. Oh, it's hard to look at. Who can stand to see the child that you held in your arms and you watched take his first step and played hide and seek with behind your couch and played ball within the backyard and, and then and then and then something happens. What happens to us when our child gets all caught up in drugs? That same child and becomes a child that you don't even know. Did you ever want to just turn your face in horror when you saw them on the street? Oh, oh, you wanted to just look the other way. Or even when they came to your door and you saw them. Oh, oh my God, it's a terrible thing to watch the effects of sin. All the evil we're dealing with today is because of our sin. And we can watch only because we too have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We too have done some things. We too have been some places. We too have thought some things. We too have lied and gossiped and carried out something terrible. Oh, but God. But God. God is a holy God. In other words, God is so holy 
that he cannot look at sin. God is so holy that sin cannot touch God. God is so holy. God is so holy that we, with our sin, he cannot look upon us. And we cannot look upon him and live. The only way God can see us that he sees the face of Jesus in our hearts. God is so holy that the very heavens are not clean in his sight. God is so holy that even the seraphim, the angels, cover their faces before him. God is so holy that we are told in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 13, that God's eyes are too pure to behold evil and he cannot look on sin. My God, your God, he is holy. He's not a man. He's God, and he is holy. Beloved, the reason Jesus was forsaken by God was because our sins made God turn away. Oh, the price Jesus paid. For our sin. Jesus dies on a cross with our sins. He took our punishment. His death paid our ransom. Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, dear one, there was another reason. There was another reason. Another reason why Jesus was forsaken by God. Secondly, Jesus was forsaken by God so that we will never have to be forsaken. <laughs> uh, let me say that again. Jesus was forsaken so that we would never have to be forsaken. Praise God. Beloved, it breaks my heart. And it breaks God's heart when, when he hears us say that we are all alone. Or that we are all by ourselves. Or that we don't have anybody. Yes, you might be single. Like I have been many times, but you never alone. You may be living all by yourself, but you still never alone. Mama Neil may, may disown you, but you're never alone. Ray Ray might have left you with another woman, but you still never alone. Shanine might have ran away with your best friend. But you're never alone. In your old age, all your friends and family might have passed away before you. Ah, but you are still not alone. Because when Jesus took upon himself our sins, he also took the experience of being forsaken by God once and for all. You have a choice. You have a choice not to ever be forsaken. And that, to, and that is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it is because of Jesus that God will never leave us or forsake us. You need Jesus. Because of Jesus, we will never be alone. Oh, old folks used to sing, he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. God promised never to leave me. And I You do too. Can you say amen? Listen, 
I've been through enough to know that God will not leave me or forsake me. Haven't you? Whenever I called his name, he answered. Whenever I needed his help, he helped me. Whenever I've been lost, he found me. When I've been abandoned, he took me in. In my loneliest hour, God was with me. I once was young. And now, thank God, I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Glory to God. We need Jesus. Oh, dearly beloved. Jesus' agonizing cry from the old rugged cross teaches us something about how much Father God and the Son of God both love us. They love us so much that they're willing to suffer for a time their love for each other. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then, child of God, we must not forsake our Lord this week. No, we must go through this holy week in remembrance of what he suffered on our behalf. Because it's not about all about us, it's all about him. And know that this holy week is just a part of the story now. Don't forget that, it's a part of the story. You must return next Sunday for the final episode. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Please do not even attempt to celebrate Easter Sunday without experiencing the horrors of this week. We can't have the joy of Easter Sunday without the suffering of Good Friday. So therefore, we'll walk through this week with my Jesus and your Jesus. And we will stand at the foot of the cross on Good Friday. <laughs> but in the meantime, during this holy week, we can hear our ancestors ask the question. Oh, my God. Were you there? Were you there? When they crucified my Lord. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, 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 sometimes it causes me to tremble. 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 Were you there? It calls 
when they crucified my Lord. Were you there when they nailed him to to the tree? Were you to the tree Dream. 